You're listening to the Expect Sexy Results Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Cromie, and I'm a certified health and weight loss coach. I specialize in coaching clients who once had bariatric weight loss surgery, and then they regained some or a lot of their weight back. Weight loss surgery is a last resort option for someone who has tried everything, and yet not even a $25,000 invasive surgery can guarantee you get to goal weight. The piece that is missing for anyone and everyone looking to lose weight, whether it be 10 pounds or 100 pounds or more, it's how to reprogram your mind for weight loss. That is where I come in, your coach to finally having the body you want using transformation starting from the inside out. Even if you've been overweight your whole life, even if you had weight loss surgery and you either didn't get to go away or you regained all of your weight back, I've heard it all and yes, I can help. So just like watching any soap opera or telenovela out there, I want you to feel confident that with this podcast, you too can expect sexy results. Hey there, it's Lori Cromie, the Bear Evangelist, and the host of the Expect Sexy Results podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. All right, I am here because every day this week, I am coming to you with a new video from my series. It's actually not your fault, but here's what you can do about it. What is that? What's not your fault? Well, I will tell you that if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, which is every single one of you, right? If you escaped those decades without having gained weight, congratulations, this, this video is not for you. I'm here to talk to those who have experienced the obesity epidemic throughout our lifetime and how the odds were always stacked against us from the beginning. So there are many factors why. There were things going on with our government, with marketing and advertising, with our healthcare system, and so much more. I seriously cannot wait to dive in. So today I'm giving you a one of the segments we're doing it every day this week to build up to so long sugar this is the pre-party may 25th through 31st we're doing this series because i want you to know that being overweight is not your fault however once you learn that you're empowered with that knowledge you can be whatever weight and feel however you want and feel good about that. So that's really important to me for you to know that it's still within your power to change it and it's your responsibility to take it from there. Once you know better, you're gonna do better, right? All right, so go to solongsugarbootcamp.com, sign up before the end of May 31st because we are starting the 10 days of no sugar, no grain. It's that simple. I don't want you guys to over overcomplicate it. We're not counting macros. That's something that we can do together in the future. I can totally show you how, but right now the goal of So Long Sugar is to go 10 days without sugar, without grain. And that does include starchy vegetables and fruit, okay? So, but we'll go, we'll, I'll let you know all of those things coming up. Just get signed up so we can get ready to go. And then after that, that third week, we are going to be having parties. We're going to be doing a Brain and Habits Masterclass, which is all about how you can reprogram your brain to reprogram your habits. Even the most stubborn, 
lifelong habits that you are convinced that you will never break. I can think of so many that you guys tell me about all the time, like uh, dropping by fast food after work because you're so stressed out, eating after, like eating a lot after work and inappropriate amounts and inappropriate times, like late into the night. I mean, so many things. And so you think you can't break that habit, but I'm here to tell you, you totally can. Okay, and then after that, we're gonna have a mega Q&A jam session. Ask me anything, I'm totally game. And then we're gonna have graduation and next steps. It's going to be so much fun. So you're gonna wanna get registered before the 31st. And then every day I will be here up until the 31st. I'm gonna be in my main public page on Instagram and Facebook. And I think I'm putting it on YouTube as well. So do that come back every day and watch the next part of the series. All right, I hope you enjoy. Well, hey there, welcome back to day three of my special series. It's actually not your fault, but here's what you can do about it. So today we're gonna to be talking about processed food addiction because you better believe that those food corporations they know what they're doing. They know how to hook us and they've done a brilliant job of it over the decades. All right, so first, before we begin, I just wanna remind you that um, we're doing this training for free as a buildup to the So Long Sugar Bootcamp, where we're actually going to kick sugar, we're going to do it together so that it is fun and painless and it's going to be amazing. So you're going to want to sign up at solongsugarbootcamp.com before June 1st, because we're starting June 1st. But um, this, this um, little lesson I have for you today, it's funny because I compiled all of this research a, a little over a year ago and presented this very similar um, presentation back then. And then just a few days ago, I'm so excited. I got in the mail um, this book called Processed Food Addiction by Joan Ifland, and she um, she took a few years. She just barely published this book. It finally just came out, and I, um, I was so excited to get it because she literally wrote the textbook on processed food addiction. Because here's the problem: we know a lot about alcohol addiction, drug addiction. We have, we know about these addictions, pornography addiction, we, we get it. Like there are, there's treatment plans for those, but there's not ever really a treatment plan for processed food addiction because our doctors don't know how to diagnose it. They don't know how. So she, Joan Iflin, took it upon herself to create the literal textbook where your doctor, she has over 2000 sources in here. She researched it out very thoroughly, all of the signs, symptoms, cures, all of that. And so um, if you wanna get this, it's on Amazon now. It's very pricey because it is a textbook. It's like a college textbook, right? But this is an amazing way for doctors or dietitians to reference processed food addiction so that we can start treating it as a real addiction and not like a moral flaw. Because don't you feel like the fact that um, all of the all of our lives being addicted to like sugar and fast food and Hostess cupcakes or whatever, don't you feel like um, people judge you harshly for that? I've always felt judged for that, and so it wasn't even your fault because 
those companies knew exactly what they were doing. And when I finally really understood what I'm going to teach today, it, it blew my mind. And so knowing this information, I didn't ever want to touch sugar ever again. So we're going to get started. All right. Oh, but first I just want to show you, I always felt inclined to tell you guys that the reason I had bariatric surgery all those years ago was so that I could have my daughter because I knew after two very dangerous pregnancies, I knew that if I wanted a third baby, I would have to have surgery and lose a lot of weight in order to have a healthy pregnancy. And I knew that I needed my daughter. I knew I had a daughter coming. I don't know. It was just like a premonition, but um, she's turning four in like a week or so. And she was drawing little flowers on the board for me. And so I decided to leave them there. Like they're her little, her little um, contribution to our video today. All right. So let's get started. Okay. So we know sugar addiction is not your fault. I want you to understand your brain and why you crave what you crave. Because once we understand how our brains work, we are going to be so much better at understanding how sugar works and sugar affects us. And then we can begin to unwind those long time habits. Because here's the thing, beating yourself up for a sugar binge is totally counterproductive and it does not help you at all. So let's talk about the brain and why you crave what you crave. So as I said before, many times I'll say it many times again, your sugar addiction is not your fault. It's part of the evolution of our brains and it's affected by the way our brains are producing these neurotransmitters and hormones in the body and somewhere down the line of evolution, it became a little skewed. So this is why I'm pretty adamant about in our groups, in my membership and courses, I have no tolerance whatsoever for food police. And no, like no food shaming in our groups whatsoever. Because once you learn in this lesson, like why people can't help it, you have no right to have an opinion about what someone else is choosing to eat. All right. Your brain's number one job, what is it? Your brain's number one job has always been survival. It's to keep you safe from danger. So in prehistoric times, it kept our ancestors safe from tigers and bears. And in modern times, it protects us from being hurt by someone in the dark alley in the middle of the night. It's what tells us to fight or fight or freeze. So because your brain is always finding the negative in an attempt to keep us safe from harm, it always, it's always defaulting to the negative. Wouldn't it be nice if our brains could always just default to the positive and always be happy and in a state of bliss? Wouldn't it be nice if, that, if that's how it was? Well, it's not. That's not how our brains work at all, unfortunately. Our brains, it's as if when we were born, we downloaded a software called Everything is Wrong, and it's always looking out for danger. That's just what it does. It's the same reason why someone can walk over, like 100 people could walk over the same $20 bill on the ground in the parking lot, and then a person comes along and sees it, and he's like, what? Look, I can't believe I found this $20 bill. Well, why didn't the 100 other people see it? 
because their brain, you have to filter out so much information in the world, it's only gonna look for danger. So that $20 bill was not within its ability to find it. Somehow, the man that did find it, his brain was in a much different place when he saw it. It was more open. It's like when your glasses are on your head, you're like, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Everyone like they're, they're on your head <laughs> because like sometimes our brains just have to filter information out. That's just how it works. And the problem is, is our thoughts will, we can't really trust our thoughts sometimes. Like it's, they still tend to keep us in the prehistoric age. And so we tell our, our, our brains will tell us things like, I'm so fat, I can't go out. I'm unworthy of what I want. I'll buy that dress when, I'm, when I've lost 100 pounds. But we have to separate ourselves, our true selves from our thoughts because our thoughts are a downloaded, that downloaded program, something is wrong. It's, it's a downloaded program that you picked up over the years. Those same thoughts and memories that we use every single day to beat yourself up they're not who you are. And there's nothing wrong with you if you are stuck in those patterns. So the things that we say to ourselves, like, I'm so fat, I can't go out. I'll buy that dress when I've lost 100 pounds. No one will ever love me. Those are the things we pick up in the world as we were growing up. Our brains would use those memories, they use them now as proof to attempt to protect us. It uses it as evidence. It means well, but we often miss out on accomplishing the things we're meant to achieve. It scares us out of new things. Because when we're little kids, when something traumatic happens to us, we don't know how to process it. Our brains cannot process it, so it files it away. And the primitive brain, the reptilian brain, it says, don't worry, I got this. I'm gonna keep this thought loop going for the rest of your life. Make sure it never happens again. Okay. So unfortunately, because of our programming, we must actually produce our good hormones. They are a reward. They, they come as a reward system for doing things that cause us to progress. So we talked about um, insulin yesterday. We went into depth about insulin on why that is one of the most important hormones for weight loss or the way we store fat. But today we're going to talk about four more that are very important for affecting our weight. So the first one we're going to talk about is serotonin. And serotonin is the feel-good hormone. It combats depression. When people are depressed, it's usually the thing that's low. Uh, it tends to come from uh, friendly competition. So if you're playing a, a board game or something, you can get a good serotonin hit by that. Oxytocin. Oh, I skipped one. No, dopamine. Okay. Dopamine is our, it's our motivation. Um, it's the pleasure center of the brain. And it, it's the motivation for us to do something. And in anticipation of the reward, that's when you're getting the dopamine. It's in anticipation of the reward, not the actual reward. It feels good to get that dopamine rush. It's like, um, sometimes the weight for the anticipation of something is better than the actual event. Like 
you're going on vacation and so you have all these ideas and dreams or, or you're planning your wedding and you have all these ideas and and visions of how it's going to go it's going to be my perfect day and then the day comes and it's just okay it doesn't go it's, it's not nearly as good as it was in the anticipation that's because your dopamine was firing off it loves it gives you those good those feel good hormones in anticipation of the big event so it motivates you to, to go towards it. It motivates you to work towards it. Then we have oxytocin, triggered by natural rewards. Um, it lowers the dopamine. So it's, sat, it's that satisfaction of this is the event. Okay, dopamine, you can chill out. And it's created by human connection, like breastfeeding or a first kiss. But it's why the social aspect of weight loss is so important and why I am asking you, inviting you to come join Soul and Sugar Bootcamp. I just, I always felt in the past that other um, bariatric support groups were not really as supportive and um, maybe they were unmoderated and I didn't want that for us. I wanted like, I wanted us to find a way to make real connection. And that is the point of the So Long Sugar Bootcamp, okay? And then you have cortisol, the stress hormone. It's triggered when you're anticipating something bad. And it causes you to store body fat, especially around the belly. So when you, it's triggered when you like hear a doorbell in the middle of the night, that's the anticipation of something bad or you know your boss is mad at you and wants to talk to you, that's, that's gonna cause cortisol to trigger as well. In this whole COVID-19 pandemic, we have been, we've been firing off our cortisol like crazy. Go back to episode or the first video of this series and we talk much in depth about how the stress of this pandemic is causing us all to gain weight. I mean, it's everyone's averaging, the average is coming out to be about five pounds per person. Okay, so when, you're, when your brain is, everything's firing off as normal and healthy, this is what we're hoping will happen, okay? This is your dream scenario. You feel physically hungry and you recognize, oh, my, my body needs fuel. So that dopamine, the one that anticipates, that motivates you to do something about it, it kicks in and it drives you to go get something to eat. So it's the motivation that gets us to achieve our goals and succeed, right? It's felt in the anticipation of the reward until it gets what it wants. So because you're fat adapted, because of so long sugar boot camp, versus sugar adapted, you happily will choose a salad with protein and healthy fats and feel totally satisfied. The production of the dopamine stops because oxytocin is kicked in that satisfaction and you're feeling fueled and ready to go. And you're not gonna be triggered again to eat more until you are physically hungry again. Okay, that's the dream ideal scenario, right? Well, it's not really, it's not really how most of us experience our hunger signals, right? What's usually happening when we're sugar-filled, this, this is more of a accurate picture right here. You're triggered by something your brain finds it threatening. Maybe your coworkers are gossiping about you. Someone honks at you while you're driving around. The kids are fighting in the other room and you're supposed to go on video and teach a lesson. Someone unfriends you on Facebook. 
your brain sees all those things as very threatening because we are, we are pack animals. Like we, we, our brains believe that we belong in a pack, in a tribe. So that causes the dopamine to kick in and it drives you to eat because it wants a reward. It's that motivation that makes you go out in the middle of the night for fast food, even though it's midnight and it's snowing outside. Or it's the same motivation that forces you to go to the freezer and eat all the ice cream in one sitting or to smoke that cigarette or to have that drink. Dopamine is that anticipation and it feels really good even up until, even past you, you getting the reward. So your brain is getting the oxytocin, but because we have a steady stream of dopamine always coming through all the time, because we're not able to manage those feelings and thoughts, we become dopamine resistant. Just like we can become insulin resistant from our last video, you can become dopamine resistant and it keeps demanding more and more rewards in bigger and more concentrated doses. Does that make sense? Like what was satisfactory, what was satisfactory to you one time, you want more of it next time. So you didn't just eat the fast food dinner because 20 minutes later you were hungry again. So you went for an Oreo, but you can never have just one Oreo. You eat the entire sleeve before you even realize what's happening, right? It's a vicious cycle and it keeps you craving sugar. Just trying to get that intense feeling of pleasure back. It just wants that same original hit, but more of it. So I wanted to tell you guys the difference between a natural pleasure versus an artificial concentrated pleasure. Okay, so our brains were designed to receive plenty of pleasure from natural sources, but as we evolve and we don't know how to cope with our thoughts and feelings, like we need to numb ourselves, we need an escape, we need more to relax, that's when we start dabbling in those artificial pleasures. They're a more concentrated version of a natural pleasure, okay? So for example, our bodies and brains are designed to have just one apple. So like say the, the, the um, feeling or the cue for this, for this is it, you want something sweet. Well, our brains are designed to be totally satisfied with a fresh piece of fruit. Like that should be that, that our natural tendency is to think that that was great. Remember when you were, um, if you have babies, the first time they taste like a banana or something, they think it's like the most miraculous thing they've ever tasted, right? That's how we're designed to feel about fresh fruit. It is like nature's candy. We should be satisfied with an apple, but society teaches us to prefer apple juice, which is a hundred apples. It's a concentrated version. You see, there's so much more sugar in it. So we're not satisfied with the apple when the apple juice gets you a bigger hit, all right? And so the same goes when you're craving chocolate. Natural and healthy would be to choose a piece of dark chocolate. There's nothing wrong with that. But then we go for the devil's food cake with the ganache um, frosting on top. That's the concentrated version, right? We should be totally happy with the dark chocolate. We want to go to sleep. 
natural would be to choose some herbal tea, maybe some peppermint tea or chamomile. But our society teaches us we need a nightcap. We're going to have a drink to unwind at the end of the day. You have an urge to spend money. The natural, healthy thing is investing in yourself. Maybe you want to take an online class, or maybe um, you want you know that down the road you want to buy a house, or you um, you want to buy an outfit that makes you feel good. Those are natural, good things that are going to get you those rewards, right? But the impulse buys. When we buy something on impulse and then we don't ever use it, we're like, why did I even buy this? It looks good in the store. Like you go into Target and you have on the list um, toilet bowl cleaner and you come out with $200 worth of stuff that you had no intention of ever buying. That would be an impulse buy, right? So maybe for anxiety, a natural way to deal with your anxiety is meditation. But our society has taught us about cigarettes. To unwind, the most natural way would probably be to read a book in bed. But hi, how many of us love to binge on Netflix? Me included. All right, and sex. When you have that urge, the natural thing is to have monogamous sex with your partner. But society help, um, has given us porn and promiscuity. So the thing about it is, is with the natural pleasures, when you indulge in those, it's a one and done kind of thing. You don't want another, you don't need another one right away. Like you don't go and get a massage and afterwards be like, oh boy, that massage is amazing. I think I need another one right now, right? Because it's a natural pleasure to get a massage. And with the artificial, the concentrated pleasures, you have one and you want another one almost immediately. That's the difference. Because our brain is like, I'm going I'm to remember that dopamine hit, and it triggers off much faster and wants even more of it. So the, um, the cause for recurrence is much faster. So that's how you know that maybe it isn't the, in your best interest. And then one thing I thought was really interesting was that the natural choice, we know those things are good for us. So we have to deny temporary gratification, knowing that you'll be rewarded down the line with compounded interest. However, when you choose the artificial route, you are giving in to your gratification, that instant gratification, and you are delaying your, um, the happiness that you want. You're delaying that healthy life. And that also comes with compounded interests. The choices you make today, you are gonna pay for in the future. So which, which reward do you want down in the future? What is the consequence you anticipate? If you look at your day today and you keep repeating today for the next five years, Will you have a healthier outcome or an outcome that's less desired, that's for even further away from your goal, if you were to repeat the food that you've eaten today? That's what I want you to ask yourself. That's why I want you to come on this journey with me and kick sugar 
so that every day you can be like, if I repeat this day, it adds up. It's the compound effect. It, this seems like just one small brick, like one little piece, but you need every single brick to build a house, right? It's compounded. And then you have a beautiful place to live. So the reason why it's so hard to break up with the concentrated artificial pleasures, you were never meant or designed to actually ever experience those things. We were, ex we were not designed to experience cocaine. Our brains were not designed for it. They were designed for us to get joy and pleasure from natural sources. But when we develop that dopamine resistance, we crave more and we literally cannot stop ourselves until we get the concentrated version again. Anything less is unsatisfactory. You get that craving, that urge, and as hard as you try to put it off, you are not going to be satisfied until you meet that need. So this is why I preach making conscious choice to choose that long lasting happiness over the temporary pleasure. You have to remember your compelling reason why. And compelling reason why they, um, it could be enough just to want to look good in a bikini this summer. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, you guys. <coughs> but if your compelling reason why is rooted in something very emotional, like living longer for your children, living to see them get married, to have kids so that you can be a grandparent, and you want to be a healthy and young and vibrant grandparent, right? You want to be that grandparent that takes them to the park and go get ice cream after. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with going and getting ice cream after because as long as we're teaching our kids that it's a sometimes thing and not an every time thing, that's actually a normal way to live, right? Our grandparents, our grandparents would have like a cake on their birthday or, um, on special occasions, that's totally normal. But we, as a society, we grow up with these concentrated pleasures and we are getting them every day when we shouldn't be, right? The biggest thing, the biggest problem I have with partaking in the concentrated pleasures, in living your life a slave to those things, the problem I have with it, and I wanna invite you to consider this too, the dopamine that is triggered when you're craving that thing. It's also the hormone that drives us to reach our goals, to better ourselves, to achieve our dreams. It's the drive to finish school, to work towards that job promotion, to start your own business, to become a health coach like me, to um, buying a house, you see, if you're always, if you're always doling that, um, if you're always doling that dopamine receptor with concentrated pleasures, like in the now, you are taking away the drive to make your life better, right? You need the dopamine to force, to like get you motivated to, to do good things. But if you're always doling it with the artificial pleasures, you're not going to have enough dopamine to improve your life. 
you're always going to be stuck in this non-progress. So what motivation do you have to do anything worthwhile if your reward system is broken? How do we get back to natural pleasure? Well, we got to cut off the concentrated substances, specifically sugar and flour, and we've got to let our bodies heal hormonally and be able to reset. We may be dopamine resistant, but you can heal it. You have to detox out of that cycle. And that is that unfortunately that's the hard part. You understand now how sugar messes with your brain and your neurotransmitters and hormones. And now you got to do the hard part because the less sugar you eat, the less sugar you'll crave. The more you eat it, the more you'll crave it. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because Joan Ifland though, she teaches total abstinence. She's like, her theory is, and I'm actually kind of thinking that she's right on this, that you got to just cut it off altogether because it's, you can't tell a cocaine addict, oh, you're, you're jonesing for your drug. Have a, have just a little bump, you know, and it doesn't work. It will put them right back in your tailspin. The same is true with us because our, uh, the addiction process is the same. Sugar is even, it causes the brain to light up the same pleasure centers of the brain that cocaine and heroin light up. Sugar does. That's scary, right? And oh, don't, <laughs> and you better believe that the food corporations know that about you. They know that about me and they know that about you. And they know how to hook us in. The problem is, is you're detoxing off a drug and your brain is not going to like this. I just need you to know this. It's not going to like it. It's not going to, because it's not going to enjoy the first few days of not getting any pleasure hormones from this. It's going to be like three or four days of your brain being like, where are the pleasure hormones? It's going <laughs> to try everything to talk you out of it. And that's what your brain is supposed to do. Remember the reptilian brain, it's supposed to keep you um, safe and the same. It's going to tell you all sorts of stories to try to talk you out of it. It's going to say, just this once won't hurt. I've earned this. What will it even matter? Well, I don't want to feel deprived. Being deprived isn't normal. I deserve to quit this effing diet and go crazy. Because I'm just meant to be fat and that's just how I am. Okay, your brain is going to tell you these stories, and at the time, they are going to make so much sense. They're going to sound super logical in the moment and very convincing. Your brain is telling you these stories because it's trying to protect you, obviously. But remember, those thought loops are the ones you've had for decades, and they will continue to loop for decades to come. They are not going to go away until you address them. The same fears that you have today, you had in your past, and you will, re you will have them again in the future. You have to rewrite these things into a positive truth. It's going to loop 
and you think it's reality. Like I, like I said, it's very convincing in the moment. So you think it's reality, but it's not. It's part of that software that I told you about earlier that something is wrong. And you've picked these experiences up throughout your lifetime and you interpreted them the way you did. You wrote a story about it and you've always just carried that story with you. And the worst part is it usually comes from blaming ourselves for our past we were just children. Those things that happened to you, you couldn't fend for yourself. You were just a child. I'm going to get teary-eyed. Each experience and interpretation of that experience, it puts a lens over the way you view the world. You were bullied. That's a lens. You were molested by a trusted adult. That's a lens. You witness a violent act, another lens. You had an embarrassing moment in public, another, end, another lens. They come on just one at a time with each new experience. Our brains are going to do that to help protect you. But they are just thought loops, and our brain is just using them as evidence that we are in danger. And it's, it's all it can... It, the evidence, the only evidence it has is the past experience. We have to dig those experiences up, not dig them up and relive them without the help of a therapist. Please don't do that. If you need, the, if you need to go to a therapist, by all means, I implore you to do that. If you have things that you need to work out, I implore you to do that because that might be the only way that you can deal with those experiences in your life to be able to rewrite those thought loops. But for now, you have to realize that you are not your thoughts. You are not at the effect of your brain. It's going to do its job. It's going to try to scare you out of this challenge on day two or three. I promise you it will. It wants you to stay the same. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Your brain is doing its job. It's evolutionary. And thank goodness, because it's what's kept our ancestors alive all these years and evolved us as humans. But when we are at the effect of our thoughts and it's causing us to keep the weight on and all of its related issues that come with us, and we're not living in integrity with the lives that we envision for ourselves, if it's getting in the way, we have to consciously break free from those thought patterns. Unfortunately, we can't just have surgery and lose all the weight and bam, all those lenses have been cleared like they just blew off with surgery. That's not what happened at all, right? You have to take those lenses off one at a time. You have to work through them. So thankfully, that first few days of going off sugar, that detox phase is just temporary. Once it's done, our taste buds are going to start going to appreciate real whole foods again, like these apples, dark chocolate. It's going to start to appreciate those things again. And then when you do catch something that's a concentrated pleasure, it's going to be too sweet at first. It, it takes a few times to get it back. One of the things that I experienced after surgery was that I was a total Diet Coke addict before I had surgery. Diet Coke, Diet Dr. Pepper, total addict, big time. After I had the surgery and after 
a few weeks of um, liquid shakes and all of that, when I tried my first soda pop, I remember it tasting like battery acid. I remember it tasted so unbelievably vile. I wish I had just stuck with that, but you keep doing it and you retrain your brain into that same pattern because your brain is going to remember those things. The problem with getting back into it is that it makes it even harder to quit the next time around. So you want to make sure that this time, let's just do it and get it over with you guys. All right. Once, so once we are no longer sugar fueled and you're fat adapted, which is exactly what we want, you are going to start burning off your excess weight like crazy. You are going to have all of your brain fog clear up. You're going to feel so much better, so much more energy. You are going to love it. Um, as I was revisiting this um, lesson plan from last year, I came across a testimonial from my, ver my very first run of So Long Sugar last year. Um, a woman, Penny, joined and her husband. And by the time we were ready to, to launch the next round of So Long Sugar, the second round, she had written a testimonial on my wall that said she and her husband from that 10 days off of sugar with us, she and her husband kept going with it and lost 40 pounds each, each. She didn't even buy into any of my courses or anything. She just did the So Long Sugar Challenge. That's it. Because I'm going to give you, I'm not, I'm not just like giving you guys a little taste of what, what you need to do. I'm helping you get to a place where you can do it. All right. So I want you to join us. I want you to join us at solongsugarbootcamp.com. Please sign up before June 1st because that's, when, that's day one. That's when we're starting. And we, right now, we are um, just these, this workshop is just building up towards that. All right, I'm excited to meet you. Please go sign up. Cannot wait to meet you. We're gonna have so much fun. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you ever need anything, email me, lori at bearvangelist.com. Have a good day. I hope you got tons of great takeaways from this episode. To find the show notes for this episode, along with any resources mentioned today, please visit expectsexyresults.com. If you find you're benefiting from this podcast, please help me be able to find and help others. To pay it forward, just head over to iTunes to rate this podcast and leave a review. Doing so will tell iTunes you find this content valuable, causing my show to come up in search results for those who are seeking massive transformation. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to help me spread the word.